We're not in a rush this morning. So my hope, my prayer, my cry is that the name of Jesus resounds over every heart, over every mind, in a perpetual echo from a loving Heavenly Father. So we're just going to wait now in this moment. It's not that we've got nothing to say. We're just going to wait. So Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. You're welcome here. And I don't know the cry of your heart, whether it's for peace, whether it's for healing, whether it's for hope, whether it's to know that you're seen in heaven, whether it's for a work situation or a dynamics at home that are wrecking your heart. Here's a moment for you to cry out to him in your own heart. Jesus, we thank you for your peace. We thank you for your welcome. And thank you, Jesus, as you sit around our tables. Everyone is welcome. Every story is validated. Every beating heart is heard. Every concern is addressed. Jesus, we are yet to get to the, we're just scraping the surface. Like we're scraping the barrel in life, but we're only scraping the surface with you. I think we're going to do things a little different this morning. Here's what I would love for you to do, whether your eyes are closed or not. But this story after story after story after story in the Bible of Jesus being around the table with people. I would invite you to picture yourself sitting around the table with Jesus. And he's not surprised by anything or anyone. Like he knows the deepest, darkest parts of who I am. And he still wants to be around me. So you're okay. If he's okay with me, I know for a fact he's okay with you. Why don't you just ask him? Jesus, what would you like to talk about? And I want you to know that we're okay with a bit of silence. Elijah's on the door. We're all good. He's got the gift of welcome and hospitality, that guy. So we're just going to have, I said, be a bit of silence. We're okay with silence. But would you ask Jesus? Hello, Jesus. 
My name is Andy. And I would like to hear from you. Maybe for the first time in your life, you've invited his voice into your life. And as we ask Jesus what he wants to talk about, and even if you're sitting around a table with Jesus and these other people there, Jesus has this incredible way of looking at us. That he can, like his eyes are burning. Not out of terror, but of purity. And holiness is in his eyes. Yet you feel like you're in the safest place. So sometimes in our conversation with Jesus. He's not afraid to highlight. Or to show a little bit of light on areas in our life. They're not aligned to his just yet. So why don't you ask him? To come into the shadows. One of the names Jesus has is light of the world. So Jesus as light of the world, I welcome you to every chamber of my heart, every chapter of my story, every fiber of who I am. And as Jesus brings his light into our hearts, into our lives, Sometimes they can expose some things which are just ugly. And this part of our moment there is to flight, take flight and run from him. But it's a beautiful bit in the Bible. It says, even though your sins, even though your story is like scarlet, if you come to me, I'll make you as white as snow. So part of his conversation with Jesus around the table is different names for it. Confession. Fessing up. However you want a word. But now in this moment just saying sorry to the things. Sorry to Jesus for the things. For the places. Where we've lived without his beauty and his reality. There's a beautiful part of forgiveness in the Bible. And one of the descriptions is like, it's like a river. Like this abundant river in flood. And God's forgiveness is like an abundant river in flood. So God, we receive your forgiveness and we believe that we're forgiven. The part of receiving forgiveness from the Father is that he wants forgiveness to leak.
And I know for some of us around the room, when Jesus is starting to hint in at the forgiveness I've just given to you freely and I want you to go forgive others, at this point you want to get up and leave the table. But here in this moment, I invite you and I encourage you to stay in the game. Because you know you've left the table before. And you've left the table and you've went with resentment and bitterness in your heart. And it's doing you no good. The world is seeing a version of you that it's just not who you're meant to be. The bitterness, the grumpiness, you get annoyed with yourself. And my heart breaks because stuff was done to you and it wasn't your fault. And this unforgiveness that you can't release is like the first act of stuff towards you. It's still going on. And I'm so sorry. And I'm so sorry. But today's a new day. So I absolutely believe that Jesus can hold and handle anything. And I feel like for some of us, we've got like a knot in our heart. And it's this thing of unforgiveness. So here in this moment, would you ask Jesus to take it? Because it's too hard for you. It's too hard for us. And sometimes unforgiveness can feel like a clenched fist. And somebody comes at you in love, but all you can do is use a clenched fist towards them. But it's not your fault. That thing that was said to you, done to you, the thing that wasn't provided for you, I'm so sorry, but it wasn't your fault. But this clenched fist, this is the big boy, big girl moment. This clenched fist is your clenched fist. And I'm on sacred ground, I know. But I invite you in the presence of Jesus to open that clenched fist of unforgiveness and give it to him. And receive his love again. Receive his forgiveness again. Receive his mercy. So as we're sitting around the table with Jesus... And we half joked earlier about him giving us a nickname. But there's stories in the Bible where Jesus does that. Because the change on the inside is so real, so significant, that it's a new name. So I would invite you again to ask Jesus. I was just chatting to a new friend this morning 
And I asked her, what's her name mean? And she said, I didn't know. So we had a quick look on Google. And they had two words. I'm not going to say who it was. Two words, weariness and lioness. And the new friend just looked at me and said, yeah, feels a bit of both. And I don't know about you, but it can often feel like our names can mean a bit of both. Like Chloe Green shoots, but it can often feel like a bit of both, eh? A bit of barrenness, like just a weariness, just a, oh man, where's the green shoot? What's your name means? Jesus has this beautiful thing, so if you're fearing we, if you're feeling knowing weariness, then he sees lion and lioness. You know, this table that Jesus has, what I love about the table around Jesus, like if you've never met Jesus, I am, I've got nothing else, I've got no one else for you apart from him. I, I don't know, there's nobody else where around the table you can have a butch fisherman who's grafted every day of his life. Like, his hands are tough. As tough as his heart. And yet, around the table, his face, his head is on the chest of Jesus. There's a woman, and she's been with every fella in the village. And she's got the nicest, most expensive perfume. Like for some, that would, like it's a deposit on a bungalow kind of price of a perfume. And she's been with every type of guy. And she encounters Jesus, and she, and she just stumbles around with this experience. Expensive, expensive perfume. And she just smashes it at his feet. Because she's found one different to any other man she's ever met. This is what Jesus does around the table. This is what Jesus is doing around your table. And this is what he wants to do around the tables in the city. What do, you, what do you think, Ma? <laughs> what do you think we should do now? You know, I do wonder about the thing about the table with Jesus. It's an interesting place. And um, I like, I love this table, this, the executive table. Um, we've got the executive lounge over here, the executive table. But you know what's interesting about this table is that there's an empty chair. And um, Jesus, he, like, he's a remarkable Jesus because he would always have, like, like, in one sense, he was a little bit cross eyed, that he would always have. People are looking at me like, I'm with you so far. Then like, what? 
What I mean by that is Jesus would always have one eye in and one eye out. Like he would be all there around the table, but he'd always have one eye looking out. Like who should be around the table? (laughs) So I just wonder, when you look at the empty chair around your table, who is Jesus putting on your heart that should be around the table? And I'm not talking about attendance at Carl Vineyard. I'm talking about invitation around the table of Jesus. Like one of my favorite things going on at Carlisle Vineyard is what's happening downstairs on a Thursday night. The, like it's lush, eh? It's lush. <laughs> Like the best of, like, it's Shelly food. And it's just beautiful, eh, Steve? And we just honor Steve and Shelly and others who've just made that happen. But I just would wonder, why don't we just ask Jesus for a moment? Jesus, who, who's missing from the table? Who's missing on the table? And why don't we just pray for a friend, family member, someone who's struggling at this moment. And I know sometimes environments, people are like, oh, put your phone away. But I want to encourage you to get your phone out. And however you communicate, Snapchat, chit chat, paddywhack, however you communicate, why don't we just take a moment just to text a friend And I want to just turn the temperature up a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a notch or two. And don't just be polite. But just say, I'm going to pray for you today. You may be the first time in someone's 32 years of living that has ever said that. And just don't be heavy. One thing I find I'll sometimes say to people, if there's one thing I could pray for, what would it be? But find your own language. But just message a friend right now. Someone who God's put on your heart. Because if, if God's put him on your heart, he's on his heart. We'll just take two or three minutes to do this. And then we're going to break in and we're going to have some bread. And Vimto. For communion. So let's just take two minutes. If you want. Who are you going to text? Or Snapchat? Chit chat? Can you tell I'm down with the kids? Or fax them? Telegraph them? Morse code them? Release the pigeons?
we were meant to be talking about wisdom today. And my only connection to wisdom and Jesus is if you want to know what wisdom looks like, look at Jesus. Like he is wisdom. Let me read this to you now, just as we, uh, and what, sorry, what I should have said before, what we're going to do now, for those who've never been part of a communion, we've got some French sticks, we've got some Vimto, and these are emblems, these are reminders of the body and the blood of Jesus. Now, if you've never been part of this before, you're very welcome just to watch but also you're welcome to partake in this as well. And part of this perhaps is your first day of saying yes to Jesus. And this is part of the a letter of 1 Corinthians, and I'm just going to read this. And it's interesting, around the table with Jesus, where communion first happened, and we utterly believe that communion is best done around the tables. And um, around the table we see wisdom and foolishness come together and sit together quite comfortably. The message of the cross is foolish to those who are heading for destruction. But we are being sorry, but we who have been saved know it's the very power of God. Where does this leave the philosophers, the thinkers, the scholars and the world's brilliant debaters? God has made the wisdom of this world look foolish. Since God in his wisdom saw to it that the world would never know him through wisdom. He, human wisdom. He has used our foolish preaching to save those who believe. It's foolish for the Jews who ask for signs for heaven. It's foolish to the Greeks who seek human wisdom. So when we preach or talk about Jesus being crucified... Some are offended and some say it's nonsense. But to you, but to those called by God to salvation, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. This foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans. And God's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strength. Bonkers. Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things in the world considered foolish in order to shame those who think they're wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world things counted as nothing at all and use them to bring nothing what the world considers important. Did you hear that? Did you hear that, friends? Let me read that to you again in bold. God chose things despised by the world. So if you feel like you've been despised, somebody's called you that, look, I despise you. I want to let you know that that's your qualification to be used by God. God chose things despised by the world, counted as nothing at all, 
and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. That's what communion is all about. Our brokenness being repaired and restored through his brokenness on the cross. And his resurrection is our new life invitation. I love this. He has made us pure and holy and freed us from sin. Therefore, as scripture says, if you want to boast, like if you want to boast, if you want to make a much ado about something, boast of Jesus. Boast of him. So what we're going to do now is boast of him. We're going to go, and you can do this individually. You can just go up and tear. Do not be neat and precision about it because the cross is not neat and tidy. It's bloody and it's messy. So go take some bread, and you may just want to um, bring it back to the table, send someone, and then just pray for one another. Put your arm on there, um, on, um, what's that called? Forearm. And just pray. Just pray for one another. And then um, Paul and Angie, we just want to honor you for lunch. Like these guys are incredible. Angie did say, it's all Paul. Like, isn't, he, isn't that lovely? Ah. We just honor you that, you know. Um, and so I don't know how this will end, but this is like a proper, there's no proper end this morning. Uh, but we're going to have communion, and then that's just going to go into food, because that's biblical.